last 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfect. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. From up inside the Nationals press box at Nationals Park, it's the Mass and All Access podcast. Bobby Blanco, Paul Mancano. That is your dynamic hosting duo for the Mass and All Access podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And, Paul, I love our little road trips. It's been a while since we've done a pod um, in Nationals Park. Last time we talked to Mark Zuckerman. It has. And now we are in the press box. Uh, If you're watching, we apologize for the very, very close view. This is like an over-the-shoulder type cam. Yeah. Right there, Bobby. Um, And it's, it's it's pretty up close and personal. It's kind of like we got the, we got our two shot right here, and then we've got like the sky cam right here. It's like oh, oh hello. Yes. And there, look, there's a reason that NFL fans don't really love the sky cam. Okay? You don't like the there's, sky cam? Uh, some. I, I mean, I, I appreciate it sometimes. Other times, okay, it's then like, this like a like little. This, too this is close. like the camera. The camera. The camera two is like the the camera behind the pitcher. It's like you're getting the behind. Like you're right. seeing the fastball with some slight movement down inside, <laughs> right here. Okay. Well, podcast. that's yeah, yeah. That's. I guess fair. I know that's the standard shot, but I want an ump cam. I want don't want know about you. Cam? This is the all right. This is the. Host I don't think cam. I don't think baseball can truly evolve until we get an ump cam. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. Right. Um, it's been a crazy couple of days here at Nationals Park. Um, obviously, very sad news coming out of uh, Texas with the Los Angeles Angels. Tyler Skaggs horribly, tragically passes away early Monday morning. Um, the Rangers and Angels end up canceling that game. Um, they played. Last night, Tuesday night, with heavy hearts, and then there were some heavy hearts here as well on South Capitol Street as Patrick Corbin took the mound for the Nationals against the Miami Marlins to open a three-game set in D.C. And, um, you know, Patrick Corbin, one of his best friends, and Tyler Skaggs, lost his best friend the day before. Tyler Skaggs was in his wedding party this past offseason. Um, and for, for Patrick Corbin to go out, take the mound, you know, wear the number 45, Tyler Skaggs is number 45 that night, draw the 45 on the mound in the dirt. Um, I could not imagine what he was going through. The fact that he even took the mound to begin with is incredible. And the fact that he then went on seven innings of one run ball is even more amazing. It really is. I mean, you and I never covered Tyler Skaggs. We never met Tyler Skaggs, but from everything that we've heard, around baseball he sounds like a really great guy uh and a, a true loss um for all of baseball and we have heard some heartfelt tributes come from all corners of the baseball world including um you know john carlos stanton had a great tribute that he posted um talking about how how these players are grieving in a fishbowl yeah. uh, they are having to grieve in front of thousands of fans uh, just days after they they find out this heartbreaking news, and it's it really is amazing that uh, that Corbin was able to go out there and uh, pitch the way he did, and then the rain delay delaying things by over an hour, and he comes back after three innings and after that long rain delay um, and pitches lights out, and you know he was locked in, you could tell, but when he was leaving the mound for the final time in the seventh inning, um, you could see him take a deep breath. Um, and maybe that was the moment, you know, when it, it, it kind of it, it creeps into their minds because they, you know, a lot of these players, I'm sure, try to just go about, as, as Patrick Corbin said, and we'll play the audio, right. just go about their daily business and just just um, do what they do normally. Um, and that's, you know, in order to get through it. And 
it's the downtime. It's the time where you're not playing baseball. It's the time where you're not um, doing your job that it probably starts to creep into your mind. Right, right. And obviously this is – I loved how the word that was tossed around a lot over the past couple of days has been the fraternity. Like yeah. baseball's a fraternity. Yes, this happened for the Angels. This happened in Texas. But it has been felt, the ripples effect of this, yeah. of this drama, of this traumatic event has – gone through all of major league baseball through the minor league systems as well i mean you know these ball players consider themselves family whether it doesn't matter who what jersey you put on at the start of the game um they're all in this together they all support one another and, and love each other um you know rivalries aside so i thought that was really cool to see not just former teammates friends um current teammates uh you know direct opposition reach out no all across major league baseball um, and for Patrick Corbin specifically, um, you know, this is kind of it's cliche, but but you you hear you'll hear a lot of cliches when stuff like this happens. But it, you know, this is kind of like one of those thank God for sports moments because yeah. last night on Tuesday night, you know, for three hours, Patrick Corbin could kind of not have to think about this. Yeah. You know, he could go out and play. He can just go pitch, and and, and he, you know, a lot of times we'll ne- we'll obviously never know what how Patrick Corbin felt yesterday over the past what now 48 hours um but you have to imagine it's a feeling of helplessness like yes. there's nothing you I can was, do I was just gonna say that right yeah. you know you you know he's all the way here in DC Tyler was in Los Angeles Texas you know there was nothing that Patrick could have done to help be there for his friend help his friend but the one thing he could do was go out last night and pitch and pitch his butt off. And that's what he did. Um, so for three hours, he was able to kind of take his mind off it and feel like, you know, he was doing something to honor his late best friend. And anytime, I mean, we've all gone through loss. Anytime you go through loss like this, um, that is so tragic and unexpected, it does leave you with a sense of helplessness because it there's really nothing you could do. And, and for fans watching Patrick Corbin last night, I mean, there's nothing for them to do except to support him. Yeah. It, it, there, there's nothing you can do after something like that except to be there for the people that you love right. and to remember, you know, Tyler Skaggs and what he meant to you and to hold those that you love even more dear. So um, it, it was uh, a pretty, pretty powerful moment that he was able to, to get through it and support him. The Nationals fans did and, uh, and his teammates were there for him, um, and it it uh, it was one of those moments that does make you appreciate that <laughs> this is this is just a game. I mean, yeah. this is really, you know, what do, really doesn't matter at the end of the day what the final score is. It's it's just a game, and it is the relationships and um, the friends and the the family, true family, that uh, you grow as a player, as a fan. You know, fans love to love. You know, grow to love players, and players grow to love each other, and the fans. And that is is ultimately what matters. It doesn't matter. The, the score doesn't matter. Right, right. And like thinking about going back to the, what actually happened on the field last night. Um, top of the first, Patrick Corbin gives up three straight singles. The Marlins take a quick one nothing lead before mm-hmm. Corbin even gets an out. And you know, for me personally, I stayed here thinking it's like, I mean, can you blame the guy? It's like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. He, he's pitching less than 24 hours after his best friend passed away um you know it's you can't blame a guy you, i you can only applaud him for at least going for just going out there yeah. just for the fact that he took the mound to begin with but then to go through that you know to get kind of hit knocked around a little bit to start 
like you mentioned, Paul, go through an hour rain delay, stay loose during that hour, and then yeah. come out and finish seven innings of one-run ball. Just an incredible accomplishment in and of itself. I mean, I can't think of any better way. Striking out seven, I can't think of any other way that Patrick Corbin could have honored his best friend than what he did on the mound last night. Yeah, and then afterwards he was asked if he wanted to speak, and he agreed to it. Um, and you posted the interview, Bobby, on yeah. the Mass and Nationals uh, um, Facebook and Twitter accounts. And, um, you know, obviously at times like this, whenever you see a player, um, and if you haven't seen the interview, we're going to play it for you in you know, just a bit. If you, uh, anytime a player gets emotional like that, um, you know, you're going to hear some fans clamor to uh, get the cameras out of his face, yeah. you know, don't ask him questions. Look, he agreed to, to speak to the media and, um, he was, you know, he did at one point um, have to pause and collect himself, um, but he finished the interview, and um, it was, I mean, uh, you know, it was, <laughs> nobody was asking inappropriate questions, obviously, yeah. it was just a respectful exchange, and it's, um, there, you know, there's a reason that that, that kind of interview, it, it ran on TV, and it, it ran on the social channels, because that, 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 it's Patrick Corbin having a chance to speak about this, right. and, um, you know, maybe at some point um, when we're more removed from the process, he'll have more to say about it. Maybe he won't. But that is something that I think is 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 a it's a healthy conversation to have. Right. And it's when a player is fine with that kind of stuff being out there, then um, then the fans have every right to, you know, to be able to um, to see that. And the media has every right, of course, to be able to cover that. So um, it was it was a powerful interview um, in which you know, Patrick Corbin really um, expressed a lot of emotion. Yeah. And, you know, in terms of the media, nothing that we're we're not trying to take away attention from obviously Tyler Skaggs and his family, what's happened to them, or we're trying to take away from, um, you know, the tragedy of it all. Right. But what we're trying to do, I, I believe, is, you know, Patrick Corbett did something amazing to honor his friend. Yeah. That was a great story in and of itself. And in times like these, you almost need good, good stories like this. I exactly. feel good stories like this. And, and, and that's what the media is trying to highlight. It wasn't just to, you know, poke, poke at the fact that Tyler Skaggs had passed away right. and everything, and you're, we weren't giving uh, Patrick Corbin proper time to grieve. He, like you said, he could have said no. He could, I can't do it right now. Yeah. And that would have been totally fine. Yeah. That I've, No one in this press box would have had any issue with, of course. with yeah. Patrick Corbin saying, I can't do this today, uh, maybe another time. But kudos to him. He, he stood up, and uh, I forget – I'm not gonna name the reporter, but near the end, when when you'll hear it right here, when Patrick Corbin is starting to choke up and can't get words out, a reporter I thought smartly yeah. asked about the game. You know, let's yeah. revert back to baseball. Let's give him something easy that he can talk about that's not so heavy, like yeah. losing his best friend. And, and Patrick was able to finish his his news conference with uh, with grades. But let's let you hear for yourself. Watch for yourself if you're watching on Mass and All Access Facebook or Mass and Nationals. Um, here's Patrick Corbin after pitching seven innings after losing his best friend. How was the last 24 or 48 hours been, and how difficult was it to pitch? Yeah, it's been hard. Just been thinking of Tyler, um, his wife Carly, his family, just um, you, you can't believe he's gone, and um, I'm sure it's hard for a lot of people. Patrick, some, some people would not wanted to have pitched today. I mean, what, what made you kind of want to go about your, your daily routine? Um, I don't know. I think you, when, when you have a loss, you want to keep things as normal as you can and just try to go out there and do what you have to do. And um, saw the Angels play today, too. So um, I don't know. I think it's best to uh, just go out there and, and play the game of baseball. 
what did you think of the idea to wear his number? Um, probably after dinner last night. I just I looked at a roster first to see if anybody had it. I didn't see anybody, so I just thought it'd be a, just a good idea. Describe us your friendship over the years. You teamed together a long time ago. Mm-hmm. How have you? Um, yeah, I mean, he was in my wedding this off season. Um, I just, I just felt like I couldn't go three innings for the team. Just, uh, that's it. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks, Patrick. Heartbreaking. Really heartbreaking. That's the only word that can't. I mean, last night, like you said, I was the one that was in the studio cutting it up, and it was t- it was difficult to watch and listen to, uh, as you just heard. Um, and, and you just feel that right. Here. I'm I'm feeling it now. Yeah. Just that gut wrenching feeling right yeah. here in your heart, and um, you feel for the guy, but then you also have to applaud him for what he did. Exactly, and you you know the the moment obviously that got him choked up was thinking about him being in his wedding party, yeah. and um, that is. <laughs> That is really, I mean, it, it, like you said, Bobby, it is hitting hard because it's talk about, you know, a, a best friend being there for you in one of the biggest and most important days of your life when mm-hmm. you're surrounded by the people that you love. I mean, that is um, the people that, you know, the people that you have in your wedding, the people that, you know, um, are there for, I don't know, events for your child or something like that. Those are moments that um, you want to be surrounded and you are surrounded with people that you love. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, it's it uh, it really really hits hard. Right, it does. It does. Um, Tyler Skaggs gone, but never forgotten. And um, I don't think baseball will ever forget this performance by Patrick Corbin, what he was able to do on Tuesday night. Um, let's move on um, because that is some hard. That is a hard topic to touch on. Um, hard transition to make. It is a hard <laughs> transition to make. Um, but um, you know there are some. Other things to touch on for this Nats team before we hit the All-Star break next week, Paul. Um, don't look now. The Nats are just six games back in the NL East. Yep. Um, we talked about it. We've been eyeing this stretch before the All-Star break for a couple weeks now, and now that it's here, the Nats are taking full advantage so far in winning the games they're supposed to and making up some ground in the division. I mean, they look like a completely different team. Right. Completely different than the one that started the season. And remember last year's team that started out pretty well, had a very good May. Um, and what killed last year's team was their June. Mm-hmm. Their June in which uh, last year in 2018 they went 9-16, and 16, and their pitching just absolutely fell apart. Yeah. Um, Tanner Roark had a horrible June. Gio Gonzalez had a terrible June. They both had ERAs over 6. One had an ERA over 8, I think, Ooh. Gio Gonzalez. And that put them so, you know, not out of range entirely with the analyst, but that made you reevaluate, okay, how good can this team really be? This June was a completely different story. Yeah. They the pitching was there for them. Um, they went finished the the month going eighteen and eight. I feel uh, they might have a similar, almost exactly the same record to end June, pretty much throughout the season as they did last year. But considering 
how well they've played over the past month, you have to feel so much better about this team at this point this year than at this point last year. It's kind of almost like the reverse of what happened last year. Remember yeah. last year we were talking about, wow, they had a fantastic May. They're right back in it. They're going to you know, hopefully play this way the rest of the year. And then, and then like you just said, that June doomed them. Yeah. This year they had a pretty terrible May, and yeah. everyone's calling – for you know, David Martinez's job for them to start selling off pieces at the trade deadline, yeah. if not before then, um, and then they pull off this miraculous June and are right back in the thick of things. Um, obviously, the Phillies starting to get hurt and falter. That yeah. helped them gain some ground. The Mets have metsed. Um, I love saying that phrase. They are. What did I? I've talked way we, too much. We, on this we podcast. don't have to touch it's on hilarious. that. It's hilarious. It's just we, we could talk about it all that all yeah. day. But um, yeah, right back. And, and you mentioned the pitching, Paul. Uh, these guys. I think the big key, you know, we know the top three guys yeah. have have are going to give you what they got. And Max Scherzer, NL pitcher of the month, was yeah. the player, not pitcher, player of the week this past week. Yep. After going two and zero and just dominating the Marlins and his former team, the Tigers, um, and we know Corbin and, Sh- and Strasburg can do their thing. But the fact that we've got Anibal Sanchez now going every fifth day and yep. pitching like the Anibal Sanchez that we thought the Nationals were getting at the start of the season and not like what we saw in May has, has made all the difference. Um, and then whoever they're being able to throw out the fifth day is doing what they're supposed to be doing yeah. too in terms of not losing the game, keeping yep. them in the ball game, giving them a chance to win. Even, you know, you're not going to win every game, even if you just give the team a chance to win. Yeah. And that's whether it be Eric Fetty, whether it be Austin Voth, that's who it they're getting uh, they're getting it on the fifth day yeah. of this rotation. And I maybe a little bit prematurely ripped okay. Mike Rizzo in the front <laughs> office for uh, you know signing Anibal Sanchez and and um, making the kind of investment that they did in starting pitching because look I, we looked at how starting pitching has been devalued over the past couple of years how it's more about the bullpen and the bullpen has certainly struggled and it has contributed to the Nationals having such a, a bad May and and really starting out the season very, very, you know, putting themselves in a hole. Yeah. But it is the starting pitching that has dug themselves out of that hole. Right. Um, I mean, Scherzer might have had one of the best months of his career, mm-hmm. maybe the best month of his entire career. He was unbelievable. 6-0 uh, and oh, uh, with a one ERA. He gave up three homers compared to 68 strikeouts. And I'm sorry, Paul, how many walks? I don't know. Oh, I know. For, I know for a fact. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, what I'm talking, uh, about. Uh, talking about the whole month. I know for the fact over the last week. How about Zippy? Yeah, Zippy yeah. walks. Yeah, which is what Scherzer wants. I think we it know. was twenty-two strikeouts for zero walks. For zero or, walks yeah. in his uh, and his and a pl- pitcher player of the week. Excuse me. Um, that's what Scherzer wants to yeah. do. He wants to strike you out. He has always said he'd rather give up a home run than a walk. Yeah, and zero walks. That's that's pretty incredible. Yeah, and uh, I mean the fact that you can rely on these. And I what I'm thinking is you know you looked at last year. And how the starting, you know, the bullpen was fine for you last year. It was not great, but it wasn't the disaster that the, this bullpen was for the first couple months of 2019. But it was the starting pitching that sunk the team in June. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, they could have gotten, look, as I said with, with Sanchez, they could have gotten either the pitcher that they got, that the Braves had in 2018, or they could have gotten the guy who had a five ERA for the three seasons prior between Detroit and my and Miami earlier in his career I mean that he was he was a question mark yeah I mean there there was no doubt about it um but you saw also I mean um obviously Patrick Corbin's performance last night um you know is is incredible for several reasons but over the first few months of the season you Patrick Corbin has not had a mind-boggling ERA but you see exactly the type of guy that he is i mean he was not a 
you know, the, the you can tell that the front office did their research in terms of the kind of guy that they were getting. Yeah. Um, not just it's not just about being a good guy and not just about, you know, being OK in the clubhouse. It's about a guy who battles and about a guy who, you know, they felt when you hand somebody a six year contract, you have to feel comfortable in thinking that if he's if he you know if he's going to have some bumps in the road like every pitcher but he's going to be able to have the endurance and the perseverance to work through it yeah so him doing that um I, that is the kind of guy that they signed and he's he's shown that so far this year um last night i mean he didn't have an awesome june era wise 4.5 era but um a terrific performance last night and he has shown the flashes of being the um the top five Cy Young finisher that we saw from him last year in Arizona. Right, and that cornerstone number three guy, if not number two, if needed. Uh, yeah. He's been great. Speaking of number two, Steven Strasburg, on the other hand, you know, if anyone, you know, we talked about Patrick Corbin struggling earlier in the season. If anyone had a tough June, it was Steven Strasburg. Yeah. He only went, he only got a 5-7 ERA, like just under six. Um, but the Nationals still were winning his games. They yeah. went 4-1 and one in his starts over June, and they've are uh, six and two in his last eight starts dating yeah. back to mid-May. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of, I, I forget, it was, uh, I think it was, it had to be Gio Gonzalez either last year or the year before where, you know, he would go and pitch so great, but he would never get run support. Yep. This year, that seemed like Strasburg is getting all the run support, right. even though he has found some bumps along the way over as of late. Well, and this, you know, even though he's not pitching all that well, He's pitching like the fact That's that he true is too. the fact that he is healthy yeah. and fully healthy and knock on wood that he has remained healthy this entire season. I mean, you think about it's it's not just, you know, because he has as mentioned, he has not been lights out when he has started. But the fact that he is starting means that they don't have to use a Joe Ross there. They don't have to move Eric Fetty into his spot in the rotation, then open up that fifth spot in the rotation and then make, you know, maybe you take another you have to take another guy out of the bullpen in right. order to and then you make it a bullpen game right. which means that you are pr- placing more pressure on your bullpen and then that limits your options to use in later games. Maybe you have to use Wander Suero for a few innings and then he can't pitch lot. So well, like and that puts more pressure on Patrick Corbin, Anibal exactly. Sanchez, Eric Fetty, whoever that may be. So what's uh, is it durability is the best ability or whatever? Yeah. Like that is the fact that he is pitching and the fact that Anibal Sanchez missed time but he's back and he's starting I mean, did any, did any of those top four guys miss a start in June? I don't think so. No. So, um, I mean, the fact that they are going out there at least gives – we talked about how the bullpen has been has had its fair share of struggles despite the fact that it hasn't been used much. I don't think Davey Martinez wants to use that bullpen as, as – you know, Any more than he has to. Exactly. He's already taxed – had to tax um, uh, Sean Doolittle yep. a fair amount, um, and I don't think he wants to give him any unnecessary – you know, innings and appearances. We've seen Wander Suero kind of tilt toward the bad side when yeah. he gets overused. Yeah, so these guys just being able to go out there and get them through six or seven innings is just absolutely massive. And the offense has, has done its its due part behind these guys. We've got a bunch of numbers on our, our note sheet right here, but the most important number for Steven Strasburg, like you said, might be 18. He's going to have 18 starts before the All-Star break. Yeah. If, you, if I would have told you that at the beginning of the season, you'd be like, yes, please. Right. 100 times over. Yeah. Please and thank you. I mean, he's going to be half – he's halfway to 36 um, by the All-Star break. Yeah. That, that's, that's huge, like you just mentioned, for all those reasons, for this national team and for Davey Martinez moving forward in the second half if they're really going to make a push at a wild card spot or even the NL East. And even after that tough June in which he had an ERA over, five, what, 5.7, he still has an ERA under four for the season. Yeah. I mean, that is – that's fine. I mean, 
look, we're we're not expecting him to have a Cy Young season because Max Scherzer is having a Cy Young caliber season. Right. And, you know, an ERA just under four is, I think, fine. Yeah. The fact, so long as he is pitching every single time that he can, that is the most important thing for him. Yeah, yeah. We saw the offense get hot, too, as of late over the past couple of weeks. But recently, I think, starting since uh, maybe even back into that Miami game, except for, like, the first game when they scored 10, I believe, mm-hmm. um, kind of slowed down. But the, yeah. the pitching has picked them up. Um, you would hope that, you know, there's only a handful of more games, uh, I think, I believe five started, including today, yeah. Wednesday, before the All-Star break. Just get through those and kind of reset um, after the All-Star break. Because you have big series. I think they start in Philly coming out of the break, um, which is going to be a huge series because if you play your cards right, you know, you beat the Marlins like you're supposed yeah. to, you beat the Royals this weekend like you're supposed to, that – series in philadelphia could be for second place at look the phillies are beatable we know that the right. braves might be a different story they're i think you know they're atop the division and i think they're going to stay there for at least the the meantime but the 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 you know the nats have to just beat the field like yeah. and the phillies have shown their fair share of cracks i mean aaron nola is not a cy young caliber pitcher this year like he was last year obviously bryce harper is back under 250 they only ended up having one all-star and it was jt real muto and pretty much nobody else deserved an all-star spot. Um, they they are beatable. They are not invincible, um, like the team that we saw for the first couple weeks of the season. So I think the Nats are right there with them in terms yeah. of their quality of play as of late. The Phillies are, are just kind of scraping by. They lost two out of three to the Marlins. They're, they're, the, the Nats have to pounce on them. On that note right there, the Marlins, we might have found the Phillies' Achilles heel. Yeah, these weirdly, Miami Marlins. Yeah. There are the Marlins are seven and six against yeah. the Phillies. Well, what did we say before the season? Whoever it, can beat up on the Marlins. Yeah, it, it might come down to that. Yeah, um, and this is going to be a, a heck of an important July because not only do they face the Phillies, but they also face the Braves for seven games. Yeah, and look, I don't, I don't think by the end of July you need to be in first place, but you need to if they could take four out of those seven. Mm-hmm. You feel quite good about yourself because you are there's still what a game out of that second wild card spot, yeah. and you can buy at the deadline. You're within shooting point. distance. Yeah, and um, you would feel a whole lot better. I don't know, just the the maybe where I'm a victim of recency bias, but I would just feel if this team were what still they're two games above 500. It feels right now, honestly, the way that they've been playing, like they're ten games above 500, and if they can be three maybe three games above 500 at the trade deadline. I know this is ridiculous because a week, ago, a month ago, I was saying buy, I was sell. saying sell, sell, yeah. sell. Yeah. And I'm, you know, you can drag that out. I'm fine with being dragged for that. But at this point, you got to buy. Yeah. And if you can, if you can fix some, you, you know, that the, and the, the Nats are in a unique position because what is the hardest thing to buy at the deadline? Starting pitching. Starting pitching. They don't need to do that. The Phillies probably have to buy starting pitching at the deadline. Yeah. They don't have five capable starters to throw out there. The Nats need to buy. What would they need to buy at this point? Relievers? Uh, a setup man. A setup man. Can you think Maybe of any other two. positions? They have Ryan Zimmerman back, so they have— They have plenty of first basemen. They have plenty of first basemen <laughs> and, and pinch hitters if they need them. Well, look— Like it, bench guys. I mean, a lot of this also—if we're going to go through the roster, a lot of this also depends right. on Zimmerman. Can Zimmerman sure. be—and you know, he just got back. He's only yeah. played, I think, three games since getting back. Still— Searching for that ever-eluding 1,000th RBI. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is just never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Um, but if Zimmerman 
Dave Martinez said last night, when, if Zimmerman's healthy, he is our starting first baseman. If he can be that productive bat and get back up to the fifth or fourth spot in the lineup, that leaves Matt Adams as a power bat on the bench. Huge. And Carrie Hendrick as a pinch runner, pinch not runner, pinch hitter, um, and backup defenseman at second base off the bench as well. Yeah. You're not straining those two guys. Not that Matt Adams would be strained because he's, he's not as old or coming off that series of an injury, but you can save Harry Kendrick, who has been a godsend for this team this year. You yeah. can save Matt Adams, who is just crushing the ball and is could be a home run in the waiting off the bench whenever you need it. Yeah. And, and the dominoes fall from there. And then you're literally only buying bullpen help. You don't really need to go out and help get any help anywhere else. Exactly. It's the one position. This is this is exactly almost exactly how the front office and Mike Rizzo envision this guy. Right. This is this, this is, is what the team, team is supposed yeah. to be from day one. Juan Soto and Anthony Rendon are carrying the offense. The Trey Turner and uh, Dozier and Robles and Eaton are filling in the gaps. Mm-hmm. That and the starting rotation is is consistently going out there one through four and and uh, pitching deep into ball games. I yeah. mean that is that is with the exception of the bullpen with uh, you know Sands Sean Doolittle because he's been awesome. With the ex- exception of the bullpen, this is how they envisioned this team yeah, playing. Right, right. So it will be very interesting going into the All-Star break. We're a week o- under a week away, excuse me, from the All-Star game, the home run derby in Cleveland. Uh, before we sign off, let's talk about real quick the two guys who the Nationals will be represented by. Yes. Max Scherzer, duh, and then Anthony Rendon. Finally, it's funny to yeah. me that uh, – the because uh, we, we always talked about how you know Anthony Rendon is blocked by Ar- Nolan Arenado. Yeah. And then NL, it's funny to me also that Manny Machado's first full season in the National League at third base is the first season Anthony Rendon <laughs> also also gets an All Star nod. That's a good it, point. It, that's so weird to me. Yeah. Um, but Anthony Rendon might not be making the trip, suffering some nagging injuries. <laughs> I'm totally okay if he just doesn't go. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, I also think it would be th- cool to see him in there, but we yeah. know Scherzer's going to pitch. Right. Um, you know, assuming he's healthy in a few weeks. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it would be cool to see him in there, but you just know Rendon is got, He just doesn't want to He doesn't want to do it. He doesn't, doesn't want to do it. And, <laughs> want to do it. Uh, Which I don't blame. I mean, you get, it's a cool – it's very cool. Yeah. Obviously. It's a high honor to be named an all-star. But the baseball season is from mid-February to, if hopefully, almost November. Yeah. You exactly. get one week off <laughs> in that yeah. entire stretch. Yeah. I would want that week off as well and not have to go sit in front of cameras and microphones for three days. Yeah. Go have to warm up and play a baseball game, even though it doesn't really matter. Go have to sit there in the hot heat and watch the home run derby when I can go sit on my couch and watch it. Exactly. I, I love the I would say I love the honor. I don't need to play in the game though. Yeah. Especially if I'm feeling some bumps and bruises and one of the most important pieces of this team. Yeah, exactly. Uh I know every team has their case for one guy that didn't make the all star game that probably should have. Yeah. The Nats has got to be Juan Soto. Oh, I mean, such a I, I feel like because he had not a bad start to the season, but not himself start to the season. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't necessarily view him as an all-star, but the way that he has played over the past month, the guy is now hitting right around 300. Mm-hmm. He had a homer and a triple last night. He, I have, on this Nationals roster, if you can count on any guy, like when somebody steps into the batter's box, and you just feel like they're going to do damage. Yeah. It's Anthony Rendon, and then it's Juan Soto. Yeah. I just have so much confidence in Anytime he steps up to the batter's box, he's got such an incredible swing, unbelievable power. He's so big and strong. Unbelievable patience as well. Patience. Like, he 
I don't remember the last time Wanso did not put yeah. together a solid at bat, regardless of what happened when he put the ball yeah. in play or at the plate. He always gives you a good at bat. In the eighth inning last night, when he was uh, ahead three and zero in the count, there were runners on, mm-hmm. and he gets a a fastball in the outer half, and he fouls it off, and he just stalks around the batter's box like. I dare you. Yeah. I dare you to give me that again. pitch again. Do it again. Fourth pitch was a ball, and he ends up walking. That, I mean, it is, you know, we obviously, he's 20, 20 years, years old. old. <laughs> 20 years old. 20 but years. he still is, regardless of his age, I think one of the best hitters in the entire National League. It's a shame he's not an all-star, and I get it because there are worthy candidates, the other outfielders, the two Rockies outfielders, David Dahl and Charlie Blackman. And then, obviously, you've got, like, the two – front line guys for the for the uh, MVP and Yelich and um, Bellinger. Bellinger. So, you know, he's not going to beat out those guys. Okay. But he's t- I think undoubtedly he's one of the best hitters in the National League. Do you National mind League. scrolling up to the starters right here? I'll sure, sure. On the, on the, Acuna. Okay. Not that Ronald Acuna is not a fantastic player, but I looked it up last night. Juan Soto has him beat in almost every stat, every stat except for hits yeah. and home runs. I think I think what gives Acuna the edge is of, of Yelich – Bellinger and Acuna, he's the only center fielder, and he plays good, good center field defense, good which, center which Soto has come a long way defensively, but he's still not a plus defensively right. from the left field. I think also I heard Jamal Collier of MLB.com, friend of the program, talking yesterday. It's like <laughs> Friend of the program. Why would you – if you're Major League Baseball, why would you not include – I mean, he's worthy of it. Yeah. You're trying to promote the game. He is one of the most popular and – one of the best young stars the game has, why wouldn't you not include him? Because people will tune in to see Juan Soto taking that bat in the eighth inning of a close all-star game. Yeah, and how fun would it be to see Acuna and Soto, best the friends, that one year apart, um, they you know they played together in the offseason and two incredibly fun players to watch. How, how much fun would that be to see both of them out there on the yeah, same All-Star yeah, team? Yeah, that'd be great. Um, and, uh, yeah, I completely agree with that. I am looking up David Dahl's stats just to see kind of, you know, if he's des- he's 25 years old, if he's deserving. He's hitting 322. He's hitting 322. Hashtag cores, by the way, though. 12 yeah. homers. Hashtag cores. Hashtag cores. I mean, yeah, those are those are All-Star level statistics. But, you know, look, I'm—, I'm, I'm well, I'm gonna a lot could happen. There, again, there, there's about a week left. Some things, you know, guys, yeah, yeah. we just talked about Anthony Rendon could drop out. There there's, may still be roster spots yet to fill. Um, so maybe we can see Soto sneak in there at the yeah. last second. And that, I think I, I think he would definitely go. Well, and the, the, you know, the fact that he's 20 years old means I think he's going to get an all-star nod at some point soon. Oh, yeah. If it's not plen- next year, it could be the year after or next time, time in the decade. We will see yeah. Acuna and Soto starting in the same all-star outfield at some point yeah. in the next couple and, of years. And who knows? It might be just getting that first one, and then everybody knows his name, and everybody knows he's out there, and then he just rolls to 10th straight because it gets yeah. voted every year, yeah. you know? Yeah. So um, he he is, to me, he's one of the best hitters in baseball. How about this? Bryce Harper not making an all-star appearance. And Second time in his career? There's a conversation of him not making it. Second time in his career? Right. Did he, did he made it as a rookie? I think it's the second time in his year he's not I have there. to double check it, but yeah. yeah, he made it most more often than not. He made it, yeah. um, and also Manny Machado, another NL. That was and Machado deserved it definitely more than Bryce. Um, look, there are a lot of good players right now. I think I think Machado could be another guy that sne- if if Rendon Decides backs not, out, yeah, I think you could sneak Machado yeah. in there as well. Yeah. Um, so you know, a lot of good. To, 
uh, deserving players yeah. that are every team has their one guy that they are going to bang the drum about. Right, right. Well, if you're heading down to Nationals Park this weekend, enjoy all the festivities. The Fourth of July is tomorrow, obviously. Uh, Post game fireworks. Tonight's game starts at six o'clock, um, and all the parade stuff. So happy Fourth of July to everyone out there, and enjoy your weekend full of baseball. Uh, thanks for following along. You can give Mass and Nationals a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and also give the Mass and All Access podcast a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. You can give me a follow at Bobby underscore Blanco. And Paul, they can find you at Paul Mancano. And we will see you later.